How's it going, everybody? Thanks for joining us here at Emerald City Hockey's post game live. RJ, we knew the Kraken probably weren't going to go on a, what, a, a 47 game win streak to close <laughs> out the year, but it still it hurts when this happens. It does. Yeah, you, you can't win them all. And it, especially the fashion that this loss came in, it just it felt like everything kind of ran out of steam, whether it was the injury bug biting again, uh, sometimes mid game, especially with Adam Larson. I mean, that's going to be a huge concern or just, you know, getting shut out. Right. They really weren't able to generate much offensively. And it just felt like the whole team, for whatever reason, for many multiple reasons, I think just kind of ran out of gas today. Yeah, I said it on the Discord in this one that, look, there was a ton of things going on that kind of explained why the team looked as off as they did. I think the injuries are certainly, they play an important role. The fact that you're in the middle of your longest road trip plays a role in all of this. I think the fact that this game started at 10 in the morning for their bodies plays a big role in this because RJ, normally they start like a morning skate around 1030. It goes, what, 40 minutes, maybe an hour, and then they, they shower up, they go home. And what do all hockey players do when they go home after their morning skate, RJ? Universally. Yeah, they all take a nap. So for the third period of this, their bodies are used to being asleep. Like, that's a problem, right? Like, that's something they're not used to. I know they're professionals and all that stuff, but when your body is as trained as their bodies are, I have to imagine that was a little bit of a factor. And yeah, just the bottom line is all good things must come to an end, including the streak, uh, the point streak and the winning streak that the Kraken are on. Although, RJ, not all good things come to an end all the time because... We're still sponsored by Flatstick Pub doing this, right? Like, that's a good thing. That's yep, still going all season. on. That's still <laughs> going on. Yeah, you know what? And today would be a great day. If you, if you got the day off work, I know not everybody does, but if you got the day off work for the holiday, you look, you, you celebrate, you, you watch the game. Didn't quite go that well. You can go head over to Flatstick, get some uh, midday mini golf in. I don't, I, that sounds pretty good to me, actually. <laughs> Yeah, definitely watch some playoff football and just, you know, sp spend the rest of the day, uh, you know, in that competitive mindset, you know, really try and kind of take out this loss on on the uh, on the putt putt course. Exactly, exactly. Or the duffel board course. So uh, right. thanks so much to Flatstick Pub for sponsoring us. Got a couple super chats here to kick us off. First one from Sean. As far as the loss, it happens. But this is the beginning of a rough four games. Is it time for Shane Wright, RJ? Uh, not yet. I, I don't think so. Again, I want to just see him continue to cook in Coachella Valley. If Matty Beniers is out long term, then maybe you start to think about it. But really, we just don't know the injury status for really any of these guys, him, Burakovsky, Larson. And I think that plays a big role. If Matty's able to come back, say, tomorrow, uh, then no, of course, you're not going with Shane Wright. Yeah, and that's really part of the weirdness of all this is the fact that we don't know the injury status of any of these players. I mean, obviously, Larson gets hurt in this game, so that's the one to look at. Uh, and, and you know, you can kind of wash away. But, like, yeah, the fact that, you know, Vince Dunn was just a surprise scratch for all of us this morning. Uh, that's another one that's interesting. I mean, you and I were texting. We both think maybe it has something to do with the brawl he was in last game. That's kind of where my mind seems went, to be the been. most obvious thing that it could have yeah. been. Although I will say, Dylan, and on, on the Larson part of it, I went back and I watched every single shift that Larson took. I think five shifts in all in the first period. I didn't see anything obvious. He didn't seem to take any contact. Yeah, I, I didn't notice anything either. That's scary, right? Like that's that's kind of scary. Although at one point on the root broadcast when they were talking about Vince Dunn, they he Forslund said he was under the weather. So again, he could have meant injury for that, but maybe it was an illness, in which case 
we know how close the two of them are. I got to imagine if one of them gets sick, the other one probably does too, just because they're that in sync. Yeah, and you know what? It could have traveled on the Davy Jones hat as it was passed, uh, you know, from Larson to Dunn there. There you go. So, you know, we'll we'll see if it just ends up being that. The big thing with the Larson injury, though, is he is the Kraken Iron Man, right? Like, he is the only guy to have played in every game in this franchise's history. Would hate to see that not continue, um, especially when, you know, seemingly nothing happened there. Super Jet here from Light. Not to bend out of shape, but this is how the streak ends. If it takes our top C and D pair out to end our streak and a rough start time, then we are a good team. Time to start a new streak. And I do think there is something to that, RJ. It took a lot for the Kraken to look kind of this off, this poor, in a game and even still it was close until the end right like at any point the Kraken felt like they could turn things around and really get one going here and I'm gonna go ahead and say it just to add to what Light was saying there in the super chat I I, I kind of didn't want the streak to be going into that Edmonton game like the more I was thinking about it as this game was kind of happening I was like you know what that might be good too that you don't have the streak going into that Edmonton one either yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it can get you in a different mindset. You know, certainly they'll they'll be more focused on that Edmonton game and let maybe a little bit less pressure, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Light makes a good point that, it, look, the Kraken really did struggle, I think, from having their top D pair out in this game. This has got to be the most time in a single game we've seen the Kraken without Adam Larson. Right. Because yeah. he's the Iron Man. And we always wondered, OK, what does this team look with look like with Adam Larson out of the lineup? We don't know. This was our closest indication of of what that might look like. And with uh, Vince Dunn out as well, like it just it didn't look good. They weren't able to generate a whole lot from the defensive zone through the neutral zone. And really, they just missed him so much on those breakouts. They really, really did. That was um, very obvious in this game. It felt like they just were not able to play the game that they've been used to playing, especially over this win streak, right? As they adjusted their scheme to kind of fit that, that is, that is part of what feeds into it. It's the controlled entries, but how do you get those controlled entries? You get that by moving up out of the zone. They were getting those long passes. They're able to have multiple forwards entering the zone all at the same time, all those things that really kind of, you know, when you take one piece out of that equation, it can have these ripple effects that can be pretty large. And in this game, I think that's what we saw. Jessica with the super chat. One day hockey will be so popular that football will have to change their schedule to fit ours one can only hope rj that would be wonderful you know if gary bettman ever starts listening to you dylan i think that will bring that day about i was just gonna say yeah i mean there's that or just stop scheduling games all these days or if you're gonna build an arena in buffalo a place where you know it's gonna snow Maybe you have a retractable <laughs> roof on that thing so you don't have to deal with this seemingly every year. I don't know. Maybe that would be a good idea. You're going to pump all the taxpayers for all that money. The least you could do is put a roof and not need them to come in and shovel everything out of there. You know the Bills fans love it, Dylan. They're a different breed. They are. They are. I'm just saying they deserve a roof, too. Uh, <laughs> they're good fans. They deserve a roof. Uh, Chip, I'll say my negativity is, uh, as most on Discord have already seen it today. Joey's stats are still okay, despite deck being stacked against us. Sigh. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's fair. I think all of us, right? We, it was a frustrating loss. Team didn't live up to expectations in this one. It was kind of a winnable game. There was the frustration with the refing, I think, which is justifiable to an extent in this one as well so look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get on anybody if they're a little negative or a little salty after this one rj um but it is i mean there's there's still positives to look at here joey makes 30 saves 938 save percentage i mean he's still rolling that's good stuff 
Yeah, I mean, he was just fine. I, I, he certainly wasn't the reason for this loss. And I, I was wondering about, you know, the back-to-backs. I think we both agreed we would have started Drieger for this one and Joey for the next one. But it uh, certainly doesn't hurt you in this game having Joey there. The only, I guess the worst thing is just that it's another good start from him that's kind of wasted, I guess, because you don't score a goal. Yeah, which is to be fair, they haven't wasted many of those recently. Uh, so that was good. And then, you know, who could have predicted Larson going out, all the all the stuff yeah. that ended up happening again? Who knows how um, long the Kraken really knew about the Vince Dunn situation either? R- whatever that situation is like, we don't yeah, know. He finished so. the game the other night. I mean, right. it's just not a lot of time in between. Yeah, so it, it who knows what was really going all on behind the scenes for the Kraken in this one. We probably never know, but uh, yeah, there's there's some good stuff there. Thank you everybody for the super chats. Um, just go the regular chat over here. I'm upset. Uh, Brooke, a uh, bummer on to the next one, and I think that's important, especially with the fact that you got to play again tomorrow night, RJ at MSG. You really do have to have that mindset of on to the next one after a game like this. Right. I mean, chance to turn it around right away. That's the positive. But man, you you don't get much rest after a game where I feel like the team could just maybe use a day or two in between to just kind of catch their breath, maybe get healthy. But you got to go right back at it. Yep. And as CJ saying, hard to win when you're missing so many key players that it is. Lindsay, though, looking on the bright side, if the pattern follows, the Kraken will start January 2025 with a 10 game win streak. That's right. Every year, RJ, the Kraken will just start a new year and, and increase that winning streak one game longer. I like that trend. I would certainly take that. Yes. Via Ren, mornings should be abolished. Do you mean morning hockey or just morning in general? Because as a morning person, I kind of like them. I'm with you, Via Ren. Abolish mornings. I try and sleep through as much of them as I can. Oh, come on. Wasn't it fun? Like I got up, waited a little while, kind of had a brunch to get ready for the start of the game. Some French toast, some bacon. I thought it was fun. Ooh, nice. Okay. French toast and bacon. That's good. I, I did have some blueberry waffles. So I, that was the best part of the morning, I think. I know. I just, I, I like it. It was like, it was like a, an NFL, you know, Sunday kind of thing, right? Like yeah. you get ready, the game start at 10. It's like, all right, let's yeah. go. Start my day. And if you had a good, uh, good breakfast or brunch with the game, let us know about yes, it. Yes. Yes. Please let us know. How'd you guys get ready for a morning hockey? Cause it's, uh, it's definitely a little bit different as I see Jake further down. Hockey's meant for the evening. <laughs> I think I think most people would agree with you, Jake. Daytime games are cursed. I cannot be convinced otherwise. All right, so I'm I'm not speaking to a to to, to a favorable audience here, I guess, with what I'm saying. Um, B, so so many non calls this game. Angriest I've been at the refereeing during a game in a while. The miss too many men one had me seething. I mean, B, you certainly would be joining Eddie Olchek, I think, in this one, given the way he was on the broadcast. But it is understandable. There was some stuff in this one, RJ, that seemed a little bit worse than normal, we'll say. I guess so. I mean, for a while, look, I I don't know what is up with Eddie Olchek today. He clearly got up on the wrong side of the bed. It seemed like from the first he was shift, hot. he was just he was determined to get angry at the officiating. So I think he went a little bit overboard with that. I think overall, it was fairly reasonable. The the worst call in my mind was just the the missed one for Crosby on McCann yeah. at the end. And, and that's one where I was like, oh, darn, I was going to come on here on the post game and say, look, the officiating actually was not that bad. That one was definitely a, a missed call and could have been better. Like the interview interference thing with Malkin they called it the other way later in the game I, mm-hmm. I thought that was consistent at least the too many men like there's a cushion right you know that they give them from the bench if no one is touching the puck and certainly with their already shorthand I just don't think that gets called very often well so that's that is what I was going to say the too many men one I can excuse kind of because part of that is like if the team's not playing the puck they kind of don't call it 
right? Like now you can't like totally push it. If you have 10 guys out there, they probably call it at some point. But we do know that they, if if the team's not playing the puck, they really don't like to call that. So that's at least consistent with past refing experiences. But yeah, I think there was still some, and that the McCann one was really rough. Uh, there but was, I mean, like, that's, that's just change. the Sidney Crosby treatment. That's just Crosby's whole career. <laughs> I don't get that. He's had over a hundred penalty minutes in a season before. Like, come on. Like, where does this all come from all the time? I don't know. Uh, I, I think that was just a missed call. Uh, get the late change thing. Like, I don't know. Mike Sullivan's a scary guy. I guess I forgive the refs for if, he's, if he gives you a stern look. Hextall needs to work on the stern look. Hextall's too nice. Yeah. His looks too neutral. <laughs> needs to be a little angrier. It is. You're just amazed at how blue his eyes are when you're looking at him. You're not fearing for your life. Like when Mike Sullivan stares you down, it's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should, you should tell Hackstall that next time you're up here and then maybe you'll be fearing for your life. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's just still a compliment. Um, let's see. Uh, sick bug in the locker room for Lars and Dunn question mark from Maddie there, or just the effects of putting your body on the line. Uh, again, like my best working theory for all this RJ is that maybe there's something going around the locker room just because look in all facets of my life here up there everywhere it seems like people are just getting sick right now yeah feels like everybody is is fighting off a little something too and Hackstall I don't think he was necessarily referring to illnesses but he was saying he was how after last game how proud he was of the group for not giving up and he said look this time of year everyone's kind of dealing with something uh and, you know he probably was referring to injuries but you know that could also be illnesses as well yeah, definitely. Got a super chat here from Light. I do think Shane should get the call up. He's playing tonight in Coachella Valley, but we need some life, especially if Maddie is down. Shows trust from the org. I agree with that last statement, right? It totally would show trust from the organization. I could see if maybe they don't go with him right now just because he's been, a, you know, he's cooled off from the hot start he had to the season down in Coachella Valley. That being said, RJ, one of the ways you could turn that around, get him back, you know, feeling things would be to give him a call up and, and let him join the Kraken. You've got six games you could still work with before you got to worry about burning the year on his ELC. If you just need somebody to fill in for a game or two to close out a road trip, there's worse options. They did it before. Yeah, I just given that that's the amount of games you have, I, I think you'd want to give him a little bit more runway and, and certainly not as soon as tomorrow if he's playing tonight in Coachella Valley. I don't want to just rush him out on a plane across the country to New York. Uh, you know, that doesn't seem like a good idea. But again, if Maddie's out longer term, then I do think you have to start thinking about it, maybe starting with that Edmonton game. Right. Although they did that for Colorado, right? Like with him and Winterton, they just got him on a plane. Yep. They were playing the next night. Like that's the way this goes. And like I said, if it's just going to be for a game or two, I could see that really helping him reset then when he goes back to Coachella Valley and maybe he starts cooking again there. Like it's just a change of scenery, kicking the pants, whatever you want to call it. I think that could be good for him long term down there. Uh, yeah. I'll join also, everybody um, in that. From Nicole here saying, uh, Kate Shefty just confirmed Hack said Lars left because of illness. So it is an illness okay. for Adam Larson. That's good. That's a relief that it's yeah. not an injury. Uh, hopefully the Ironman streak can continue tomorrow. That's a tough ask. I, when you're well, I was sick say, the very next day. It's really, really tough, especially because if, if he was sick enough to start this game but not finish it, like he's got to be really feeling it. That's going to be tough. This is one where it's unfortunate you have all the forward injuries and everything too, RJ. Because I would say, and this is kind of ridiculous, I know, but you could st you could go seven defensemen tomorrow night, start Adam Larson, give him like uh, two shifts, and then pull him for the rest of the game. Yeah, you know, you know what, or just, just kind of have him as an extra the problem in case. Is you don't have the bodies to do that right now. Like everybody's hurt. 
Yeah, that's right. You don't. I mean, and, and I imagine maybe Vince Dunn dealing with a similar thing. Although maybe, you know, you, if Dunn's good enough to go, you can dress Dunn, Larson and and just go with Evans as a seventh D and, and kind of see where that takes you and where you need to distribute the ice time. Yeah, might make yeah. sense because, I mean, going 11 forwards, they have no problem. They have enough healthy forwards. Right, exactly. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see uh, if it's just like a 24-hour type thing. Lindsay, I fear that this might turn into a losing streak with just how many bodies are out, plus the back-to-back versus a good Rangers team tomorrow. Then Edmonton, even winning one of the next two would be a relief. I totally understand where you're coming from. It's a it's a scary-looking part of the schedule here, RJ. I do think the Kraken are going to have a chance to, to win at least one of those two games, though, just given how well they've been playing outside of these things. We don't really know how serious some of these injuries are. It's entirely possible some guys are back tomorrow or certainly for the Edmonton game. I, I think they've got a good chance of maybe splitting the next two. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, look, these are two really tough opponents. If the Kraken come at it playing the way we know they can play, uh, they've certainly got a chance in both of those games. But man, just these injuries piling up. Uh, You're starting to see it again where the team might be on the other side of the skill divide, I think. We haven't seen that in a while from the Kraken with them healthy, but against these two teams, they're going to really have to work for those points. Does this prove my theory, RJ, of Maddie Beneers is actually playing elite level hockey despite not having the counting stat production to match it? That the moment he's out, this Kraken team just looked lost and unable to do anything offensively, including just get it out of the zone? I don't want to say you're wrong on that, but I think there's too many other factors going on in this one. When you lose your entire D pair, you might be able to pin it on something else, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth with the super chat here. Time to brush off the loss. Cry in your cup of, is that supposed to be Starbucks coffee and move on? Uh, Statics coffee? Is that a place up there in Seattle? I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, Not a coffee drinker. <laughs> yep. Uh, me Got either. my water. Yep. Um, but uh, I mean, look, it is one of those where it is you, you, you brush off this loss, you kind of move forward with it, and you just go, look. These, these games happen, especially when you're dealing with the injuries, you're dealing with illness, you're dealing with all the things that the Kraken are dealing with right now. You, you do have to just kind of move on from it. It's, it's just one of those and hopefully not get too upset by it. CJ, wondering why Hextall went with Joey today. Do you think that if they knew there was kind of a bug going around and because of the injuries that maybe influenced him going with Joey for this morning game, just try to add some stability to an already you know kind of unstable situation? That was my thinking as soon as I saw that Burakovsky, Beniers, and Dunn would be out for this game. I figured, okay, maybe you do go, Joey. Knowing you're a little shorthanded, you might need that extra little boost in net. And I think they got it. Uh, they just you know, were so shorthanded, they weren't really able to generate a ton offensively. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Uh, Barbara, okay, I could do without the Euro-friendly start times. They're bad juju. I mean, look, there's only one left on the calendar, so we'll only have to deal with it one more time. Um, yeah, everybody definitely worried about uh, missing Lars. Jake, I don't like the idea of missing our whole top D pair. That's certainly a scary thought, RJ. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not something the Kraken have really ever had to deal with in their history. And, um, you know, very few teams can function that well without their top D pair for an extended period of time. You need at least one of those guys back. Thankfully, it's illness and not injury. Yep, definitely. And then also here from CJ, not feeling good about chances tomorrow against the Rangers if we're still missing most of these guys. 
I think that's certainly a concern, RJ. However, I will say it's one of those, you never know. With Drieger coming in, teams tend to step it up when their backup's in net, especially if you're going to have a little bit more clarity on the injury situation, or at least say with like Lars, maybe you know if Vince Dunn was already planning on coming back tomorrow, but maybe now you think Lars is out. If you could just kind of get stabilized, it's a more normal starting time for you. It is against a, they're scary and they are a good team, but they are a beatable team in the Rangers. I don't know. I think that I think the Kraken could surprise us tomorrow night with maybe a closer game than what we saw this morning. Yeah, I mean, if you only allow two goals and play solid enough defensively like they did today, I mean, two goals aside from the empty netter, obviously, like you've got a good chance. There's still enough talent in this lineup that they can score goals. I mean, this is one of the deepest forward groups in the league. You just have to have somebody stepping up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Megna being taken on waivers is hurting more than before right now from B. I mean, definitely. Although Riker Evans was able to come in for this one, RJ, and I thought he played a solid game. It wasn't necessarily a spectacular game. It wasn't maybe everything we'd been hoping for, for Riker coming back into the lineup. But he did what he does best, which was he was solid defensively. He could help move the puck up, especially in a game where they seem to be struggling with that. And then a little bit late on, I mean, some of the, the biggest kind of you know, exciting moments from this Kraken team were him leading the charge. Yeah, and I think he really stepped up, certainly as Larson went out with the injury. I mean, he played a career-high 22 minutes. I know short career, not many games to compare it with, but still, 22 minutes is a lot of ice time for young defensemen in that situation. And um, I like how, especially as the game went, got later and you really need to start kind of chasing goals, Haxtell leaned on him more in the third period mm -hmm. and gave him a lot of ice time, gave him opportunities. And at a certain point in the game, too, you got to tell your young defenseman, just go for it. We need goals. Let's try some things. Let's be aggressive. Yeah, and it felt like he got that message. I don't know if the rest of the team got that message, but he got the message, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's all right. Um, Lindsay, time for the Kraken to go to bed and hope they find a way to get right for tomorrow's game. Yes, yeah, so hopefully they're all able to, to rest up, especially if there is an illness kind of go, going around. Uh, Edward, screw matinee games. All my homies hate matinee games. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Although Elizabeth chiming in here. Let's not make Euro friendly start times the issue here. Okay. Understood yes. Elizabeth. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh man. Um, let's see. And you know what? Those are, those always seemed fun up at uh CPA too, with the, with the light coming in the window and everything like that. that always yeah. Those early games. And I was checking the, the 10 AM Pacific start times for the crack and they had two of them last season. They were one and one. So mixed results. Yeah, Sam saying not good considering the Firebirds also play today, making whoever they call up possibly have to play back-to-back -back games for different teams. Again, as we know from earlier this season with the Shane Wright and Ryan Winterton call-ups, Firebirds have a game later that day. Doesn't matter. They'll call up who they need to call up. They'll leave. They won't play in that game that night. They will just get on a plane and head to wherever the Kraken are. In this case, they'll be heading to New York. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. If they know, and they obviously do know the situation, I think it'll be very telling if we see them make a move a little bit later on today, RJ, or early tomorrow. It'll kind of give us an idea of if Vince Dunn will be back or if they think Adam Larson will be back because... I mean, that's just that's I think the only way we're going to know realistically knowing this team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just looking at that as an indicator, if they call somebody up, because again, they don't have to. If if one of those two can play, they're all right. They have their six defensemen or potentially seven if you want to go that route. Uh, but if they do call someone up, that's an indicator that, that one of Dunner Larson cannot play tomorrow. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, B, they said on the broadcast that Berkey, Maddie, and Dunn are all day-to-day, so hopefully one or two of them will be fine for Edmonton at least. I think there is a good chance for that. Again, I think the fact that this was a morning game and things were a little bit different in general also kind of just would lead you to play lean on the side of caution. I feel like, yeah. you know what I mean, just with things, like I, I really do think that this team thinks that way, and I think, you know, obviously you don't want the winning streak to end. You want to be able to, to compete to your full ability, all of that kind of stuff. But I also think that this team is a team that would say it's not risk, you know, injuring somebody with a weird start time. They, they're OK with that winning streak going away for a game if it means they're going to be strong for the next several. And certainly if you look at the context with the injuries as well too, Andre Burakovsky, probably the most obvious one. You don't want to rush him back, whatever Definitely. it is that he's dealing with. Can't risk that. And then Maddie Beniers, too. This is your franchise center who... Again, we don't know what the injury is, but if you look at the play, you're thinking concussion might be possible there. Yeah. You obviously want to be cautious with that as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and the last thing you want to do, too, if, if it is an illness for Vince Dunn, as it is with Adam Larson, you don't want those guys pushing themselves too hard and, and having that linger longer than it has to, right? Them staying sick with whatever it is that they're sick with for longer than it has to. You want their bodies to be able to rest, recover fully, and then get back out there. The last thing you want to do is be out there dehydrating them, pu pushing them, making them tired, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think, again, with the morning game, when they're used to be sleeping at this time, are Jay, don't want them to push it too much if they don't have to. Now, with the with we were just talking about Coachella Valley and the call ups and everything too. I've seen this question in chat a few times, most recently from Maddie right here. But who's our next D man Coachella call up? So if Dunn or Larson can't go, who would you call up from the Firebirds, Dylan? I that's a that's a pretty good question actually. Let me pull up their roster here and and take it personally. Take a look. I, I would go Kale Flurry, but I saw some people in chat maybe saying Ville Ottavinen, who's having a heck of a season for the Firebirds. So I was I was leaning out to Vinen just because he looked really good when I was there. Like he looked like he was he was going to be able to fill in at the NHL level. I mean, he's big body. He's he's obviously strong enough for it, all of that stuff. But what impressed me was he makes smart, simple plays with the puck. Right. Like, again, I've, I've seen probably less Firebirds games than a lot of people here in chat have this season. But in the limited time I have watched them, he makes really smart decisions with the puck. And he's really good at holding the line, especially in the offensive zone. Right. The puck that if you're trying to clear it along the boards out on his side, it's not going to happen. You can't force your way out physically from there. He really knows how to hold that line aggressively. I wish he kind of did that in the defensive zone, too, as, as teams were transitioning through. But the point of the matter is he makes smart up ice passes when he's in the defensive zone. He holds the line in the offensive zone. I think you could certainly do a lot worse than Billy Altavainen. Yeah, I mean, he projects to be a big, rock-solid, steady defenseman, and, and that's certainly not going to hurt you in a game like this where against the Rangers or going forward where you know, you're know you just so shorthanded and trying to deal with these injuries. I, I like him more long-term. I might go with Kale Flurry just to make sure you have kind of the veteran player in there. I would kind of mm -hmm. lean that way. The Kraken have really done both this season, though. When you look at the forwards, they've called up a guy like Ryan Winterton, who is pretty much in the same boat as Ottavainen. Uh, younger guy, you wouldn't expect him to be up the NHL level that fast, but they weren't afraid to to do it but they've also had times they've called up guys like student each mccormick uh, and devon shore just depends on which way they're looking yeah and i think if you are having to look at not just tomorrow against the rangers but potentially also edmonton I think you probably want Kale Fleury. He's a better skater. I think that's something that I would be a little bit more worried about if you're looking at the Edmonton game than the Rangers game is I'd want the the more surefire skater and Kale Fleury rather than Otavainen who look he's a good skater especially for somebody his size 
but I could see him maybe having some trouble playing against the speed that the Oilers have. That would be a really rough situation to throw somebody into for some, you know, NHL action like that. I, I think like, um, okay, let's see. Um, Kraken hate Europeans confirmed. I will happily trade my sleep schedule for wins from Laura there. I don't think you're you're alone on that, it seems like here. Um, Sam, if Lars can't go tomorrow and Dunn can't either, who's your call-up choice? I guess we just talked about that. Um, B, no refs. Uh, no, the refs missed like four to five really obvious penalties. I don't think they were calling the Kraken unfairly for their penalties, but they straight up ignored a bunch of them committed by the Pens. Um Again, it's just it's it's one of those like there's just no there's nothing you could do about it is the unfortunate bit, right? Like that's the that's always been the hard thing with with refing in sports is there's there's no you just you just have to eat yeah. it. And and today it didn't decide the game. Like the yeah. Penguins were gonna win just given the effort from both teams. Yeah, I was gonna say like it, it does at least it helps that it wasn't like a close game where it felt like yeah. that made more of a difference. Um Let's see if the Adam Larson Ironman streak comes to an end tomorrow. I will be very sad from Lindsay. I think we will all be very, very sad. Be, be very, very unfortunate. Um, let's see. Uh, be honestly, I was thinking Dunn's probably out sick. Hack mentioned after last game that a lot of people aren't 100%. So I guess maybe there's a flu going around. I know, like I said, in other aspects of my life, that flu is going around. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, CJ, the boys did hit the post a few times today. So it could have been closer. This team in the post, RJ, do they put magnets in the puck? Like, what is going on? Well, I think today also you had Jari playing pretty well. You're maybe gripping the stick a little bit tighter just because you know your team's shorthanded and because you know that, like, the just pucks aren't going in for you, right? When you're trailing, when you're chasing a game, I think that's a temptation to maybe try and kind of hit the corners of the net, try and have that perfect shot, which can result in a lot of posts. We saw that too when the Kraken really weren't uh, winning as many games as they have been. And this is the first time they've trailed by multiple goals since before the win streak started. So yeah. just playing in that situation isn't one they're super familiar with. That is something that I've noticed about this team, right? Like when things, when they do struggle and they're going through things like that, they don't tend, or at least they don't seem to have that person who kind of stands up and, and says, hey, let's just keep it simple instead, right? Like, let's just grind it out. Like, let's go heavy on the forecheck. Let's just try to get a dirty goal, a greasy goal, right? And we've talked about this before when they were struggling, especially back at the beginning of this season when they were really struggling offensively, where it's just one of those things of, look, the rest of the goals can come later. Let's just focus on getting that first one and let's just play that kind of gritty hockey that it's not pretty, but it can be effective when you're struggling and just go for it. And I feel like this team, I don't know if it's that they don't have somebody who steps up and wants to play that way, or if it's just none of them really want to play that way. They just don't ever seem to play that way. Yeah. I mean, it does seem to be the case. Like I couldn't tell you why exactly. Yeah. Um, Mimi, overuse of Joey Decord, lack of load management. If you don't trust Rigger, why is he getting three and a half million? I don't know. I think I think this he, he was okay in this one. I thought this was a bounce back game for Joey Decord after he looked personally a lot rougher in that game against Columbus than he did today. Yeah, and again, it's a back-to-back, -back too. So Drieger's getting one game, Decord's getting one game. I think the order doesn't really matter a whole lot. And I mean, as for why Drieger's getting three and a half million, I mean, you signed him a couple years ago, had very different ideas for where he'd be. You didn't see the injuries coming. That's why he's getting paid what he's getting paid. 
Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people saying they thought uh, Chris Drieger would start today. Um, let's see. Is it just me or is PPG one of the more annoying arenas? Something, someone, or some flightless bird always blocking the camera, not to mention that rally horn from Christian RJ. That horn is terrible. I know you probably don't hate it as much as I do, Dylan, but uh, it's stuck in my head. I can acknowledge an annoying horn. It's not great. Okay. I will give you that. I'll <laughs> give you that. There's there's lots of things. It Look, I've never been there, so I can't speak to anything in person. I can tell you this. I very much agree with everybody on the Discord. It was like the DJ is just not great because the DJ was not great there today. I will I will add one onto the, to the pile there. I'll, I'll go for it. Um Elizabeth, I enjoyed my Prosecco and dinner. Oh, there you go. That's that's some good stuff. Nice. Jessica, who made you French toast and bacon? I did. I made it for me and Afra. <laughs> Afra didn't make it for you? No, no. Afra didn't make it for me. She just got to enjoy it. Uh, Zoe had French toast and cheese potatoes. That's some good stuff. Nice. Lindsay with some French toast brunch. So there we go. Everybody was on board. French toast party. morning, I guess. I, yeah, of course. That's that's where you got to go. It uh, via Ren. You know, you can eat French toast and bacon afternoon. You know, I do that very regularly. You could ask RJ. I eat breakfast food all times a day. Yeah, you're a big fan of breakfast for dinner. I know that. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, Chip, with all the factors working against us today, I do think we have to question our depth a little, given that we got shut out. We're missing some key players, but I would have expected one goal. I, I don't know, RJ. Like, I, I get where Chip's coming from, right? Like, you at least want to mm -hmm. get on the board. But I also feel like they were close a couple times, and it was just a game in which none of nobody seemed to be feeling it. Yeah, it seemed to be a whole team-wide thing. I, I, I don't think they generated a ton of offense. I don't know if they even really deserved a goal in this game, given the chances they generated or didn't generate, really. Uh, but it just felt like the whole team just ran out of gas. And you know what? In the context, in the greater context of everything... I kind of don't blame them. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. And I, I'm kind of there with you, too. Um, and you, and you also don't know how many of these guys are have that flu bug or whatever's going around and just yes. are playing the whole game with it, too. And they're sleepy, RJ. They didn't get nap time. Yes, I know. It's a thing. I'm just saying, go ask professional athletes. They will tell you that's a thing. Like it's You not... don't need to tell me how important yeah, sleep is. I know. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, Rand, <laughs> Bailey's a coffee and a load of laundry. I, I got to do laundry, too, actually. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Lonnie, I was going to wake up a little early and make some French toast, but, you know, mornings. The mornings, they do happen. Ask RJ. Um, <laughs> Sam, question. Will the Leafs' inevitable playoff choke be more heartbreaking than what, we, what the Cowboys experience last night. Uh, I I don't know. It's equal. I mean, look, the Leafs and Cowboys. I love that there's such a great analogy because a lot of people I know are football fans, but aren't necessarily into hockey or vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's just such a one to one, right? The Leafs are the Cowboys of the NHL. The Cowboys are the Leafs of the NFL. Look, there are just things in life that you know are going to happen. They are inevitable. You can set your watch to them. And those teams blowing it in the playoffs is just one of those things. It's been my entire lifetime. Like, that's just the way it goes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Tammy on the Leafs, the Cleveland Browns of hockey. Uh, no, because the Leafs can, like, be good and make playoffs for long periods of time yep. without winning. Uh, cl definitely closer to the Cowboys there. Um, Lindsay, someone get Adam Larson on emergency right now. Oh, I got to imagine they are. Uh, for sure. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. The, the yep. stuff is real. Um, let's see. Uh, what if they're both? Yeah. What if Dunn and Larson are both out against the Rangers? Do you fly out auto? Yeah. I think if, if you know today that they're both going to be out, you go ahead and make that move. You bring yeah, up somebody. him or Flurry. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Daniel, I remember when I was hoping we would get to 10 wins before we got to 15 losses. Well, they totally blew that out of the water. It's true. Like, it's important to remember, like, despite everything today, they, they just won nine games in a row. They got points in 12, right? Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that win streak, now that it's over, we kind of finally look back at the totality of it. And I mean, it was really clutch at this point in the season. You go 500 over that stretch and you're really out of the playoff conversation. Yep. As Ricky's saying, scheduled loss, back-to-backs do that. More normal time will be a better measure. I agree with that. And then, you know, especially if, if you maybe get somebody back from injury and or illness tomorrow night, more regular start time. I just think we're going to see the Kraken team we've been used to seeing for that game and not the one that we saw this morning. Yeah, uh, the schedule can be tough too. That's why you don't see many of these long win streaks because something will come in the middle of it and you'll just have a game where everything's kind of stacked against you. I mean, there have only been 62 10 game win streaks in the history of the NHL. Uh, there's a reason it doesn't happen that much. Yeah, exactly. B, I think the Rangers are kind of on a downswing right now, so it's not impossible. Then again, everyone seems to turn it around when they play the Kraken, so I don't want to get my hopes up. That's true, but you know what? Here, we'll, we'll split the difference, RJ. Kraken, uh, the Rangers can play a better game than they've been playing and still lose, right? And then it's a win-win. Everybody does their thing, and we're good. Yeah, perfect. Just balances out just like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tammy, this loss doesn't bother me. A lot of things out of our control, and both Ebbs and Canner were close a few times. Oh, man, that one that Jared McCann had that he shot just high and wide, RJ. Oh, my gosh, because that one was going to be unstoppable. It was moving so fast. Yeah, I mean, he's got that quick release, right? Sometimes some of those shots, you know, if they're on net, they're a goal. The goalie cannot possibly track it. That was one of those just missed. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, Vaiharen, just me or was Riker letting guys get behind him a lot today? I, I don't know. I mean, everybody on the team was kind of doing that, especially as the game went on and you were trying to push for goals. It wasn't too much of a problem, in, in my opinion, although I don't know. It's still not something you want to see become a habit. Right. But it's the kind of thing I didn't notice a whole lot till the end of the game. It was kind of backloaded, in my opinion, for, from him. And at that point, you are pushing, you are trying to be a little bit yeah. riskier. I can excuse it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it there as well. CJ, on a different note, any rumors on when the Kraken yearly skills competition might be held? Uh, I haven't heard anything. I, I'm sure they will probably do it again this year. I mean, I, I, what was it like January, February time, you know, the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm sure we'll probably get an announcement on it soon, but I haven't heard anything. Yeah. And it's one of those things. The team doesn't tend to announce a lot of stuff while they're on the road. They tend to wait and wait yeah. for when they're in town. So I think you got to wait till the end of the week to, to have more news on stuff like that. Daniel seemed like there wasn't much fight in the Yanni cats and dogs line. Uh, that line. I mean, Haxtell shaking things up a little bit there with that line, RJ. Yeah, he was. I mean, I liked very early on in this game. I mean, they were on top of the Penguins for checking. They had some of the best looks of the first period. I, I remember a moment where Ellie Tolvanen, like one of the best four checks I've seen from a player this season, just right on the Penguins defenseman forcing a turnover. I think it was their first shift of the game, but it did kind of wear down toward the end of the game and, you know, just kind of went along with the whole team theme of just that fatigue building up. Yeah, and I did like Shore being the guy kind of in for that line because I feel like he could match the energy that maybe Yanni Gord tends to have down the middle for that group. I, I felt like Shore was the right call to use there. And then, yeah, Yanni Gord, just to be pretty honest, I know everybody kind of had off nights, but like I felt like Yanni Gord was missing that spark 
a little bit in this one, that, especially because we've seen it so much this year, right? In 2024, these last couple games, we'd seen that a lot from him. Um, he he seemed to be struggling, especially on the faceoff dot, 38.5%. Wenberg struggling, 31.8%, RJ. I mean, I know I always kind of harp on them for winning too many faceoffs, but both of them down the middle, I, I don't know if it was just the absence of, of Matty Beneers being there with them or what the deal was, but they both looked off. Yeah, they did. I mean, Gord, I think to an extent, maybe kind of knew it. Like at the end of the game, too, you could see some of the frustration boiling over. He takes an extra whack at Jari uh, with about a minute to go or so, draws a crowd. You know, you, you can tell like that's that's not like a calculated pepper pot move to get the team back in the game because it's three nothing mm -hmm. at that point. You know, maybe that's just a little bit of frustration boiling over. Yeah. The other thing that I think needs to be talked about with the Maddie Beneers absence, RJ, is it kind of disrupts what Hackstall was going for with the four lines of the four second lines kind of thing right where this is the first game where like i'm looking at the ice time right now and he was able to keep things fairly close with the exception of just the fourth line and those guys kind of dipping but it's just felt like the mojo for everybody got thrown off because of that one change because berkey is obviously missed but he's been in and out of the lineup all year so i don't think like it messes with too much but everything just seemed weird and off with with what they had to do on that top line yeah, agreed. And I mean, you know, McCann certainly is capable of stepping in there into that spot. But like, you're right, there's the distribution of, of the ice time as I'm looking at it for the different lines. It's it's really slanted and the and the other lines couldn't kind of play the same roles that they had been. They'd kind of have to do too much, I guess, but also we're playing less. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird spot. Like, look, the Kraken depth had been contributing for them. It was contributing goals. We were seeing that. That's how you were getting. That's how you get to seven goals, right? You, you need depth to get to that level. And they just weren't put in a position where they were able to maybe get into a rhythm or get anything solid. If you are, if you are Devin Shore, right, you played eight minutes. Like, that's not enough to get into any sort of rhythm out there and, and try to get something going, especially if you're going to then be thrust between, you know, uh, Bjorkstrand and Tolvanen and try to replicate something on that line, right? But you've only played a handful of minutes up until that point. Like, it's just, it's a really tough spot to be in. And I felt like that injury to Maddie really kind of set all that stuff into motion there. Um, speaking of from Matty to Maddie, uh, do we have the cap to call up a few players or would someone need to be put on LTIR, RJ? That's a good question. And the Kraken are really tight to the cap. Looking at it, just, I, I haven't done the exact calculations, but I think they have just enough to call up maybe one player. I don't know about two, but I think they could call up one at this point. Yes. Um, Sam, also, if they do call up Altavine in, that means their first four picks the Kraken had in their 2021 draft class would have played NHL games pretty darn solid. That's really solid. Just to have four this picks quick, in any draft two. class. But yeah, especially this quick, that was your first ever draft class, like as a, as a group and everything coming together, like that would be really, really special if the Kraken could make that happen. So uh, maybe, I don't know, does that, does that sway you a little bit, RJ? Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, that would be kind of a cool milestone to have with the top four. And you know what? The number five would be Jacob Melanson. And like, he doesn't seem all that far off. Maybe next season we see him too. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Light, I see that DJ Singletone and I have to continue our efforts as Otavine and Truthers to keep spreading propaganda. I mean, truths. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> oh man, Edward cracking shots, loving the goalposts, a love story for the ages. That is definitely true. Um, uh, because we played the, the the Penguins, I know you'll talk about this more in your armchair GM uh, chat later this week, RJ. But or next week, early next week, I should say. Uh, Lindsay asking with Nylander off the table, do you think Gensel could be the Kraken's big fish free agent signing this offseason? I mean, he does move pretty close to the top of the list at this point, as far as just available players between him and Reinhardt. Um, I, I think he's still maybe a, a tier below or a half a tier below the kind of player they should be looking at. Um, but he's certainly a possibility and definitely someone we're going to look at on the armchair GM chat. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Sean asking, can we look at Gensel the next armchair GM, yeah. RJ? Yes, we can. Definitely. I like that too. I like, I like Jake Gensel. He's always been great on all my fantasy teams. Uh, <laughs> uh, preserving Drieger's nine game limit, assuming cap friendly's right about him being on emergency recall. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's still an emergency recall, right? Just because the emergency exists as long as Gru is out. Yes, I believe so. Although I haven't gotten any confirmation from the team that it is an emergency recall. That's something I'm going to ask about as soon as they get back home uh, and try and figure out if this is a regular call up. Because I don't think he's hit the 30 day mark yet. Well, he must be close. It's Maybe he would have really hit, close, he would right? have hit the 30 day mark by now, I think. So that's something I'm going to ask the team for clarification on. Is there, let's see, transactions on cap friendly well, December 10th. Yeah. So it's been 30 days. Yeah, so I don't know, because Cap Friendly on the team page shows as an emergency recall, but I think on their transactions, when it happened on their transaction tweet, it didn't say anything about emergency recall, so I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I was just looking at that for the, the transaction for the date. So, yeah, the fact that it's over the 30 days would make this interesting, that's for sure. Um, Stratix, so what was your favorite goal of the streak? <laughs> There's no, no oh, favorite man. goals today. Um, that's a tough one because there were so many. Uh, like, you know that's what? That's too I'm, big a question. No, no, no. It's really, really easy. I'm going with the Will Borgen goal in the Winter Classic because it looked like he did it right towards us. Right, right where we were sitting, RJ, for the Winter Classic, it was just like on a line right at our faces. Will Borgen, I'm convinced, was trying to throw that puck right up at us. I, I like that goal too. We had a great angle of it too. I'm trying to think of another one. I, I still like, I do like the Tolvin goal from the Winter Classic because it was just so early in that game and it set things off on the on the right tone. Um, I don't know. Let me think. I mean, there's been Tolvin pretty goal, ones. Quickly. Like, pick any of the Alexander Wenberg goals because those have all been awesome highlights, right? Like, there's just there's been a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there there has been. Um, what was what was the Tanev goal against LA? The opening goal. Do, do you? I mean, that was a long time ago. Do you remember that a one? Very long time ago. I do remember that one. Um, let's see. You just kind of follow the puck into the net off the yeah. face off. Was that what it yeah. was? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. That's what it was. It just kind of like added to it a little bit there. Yeah. Schultz in overtime against Philly was pretty cool too. Oh, that was really cool actually. Yeah. I, uh, that one was really nice. Um, absurdly saying the way Forslund and Edzo were talking, I feel like there may have been some travel issues that compounded the tiredness slash offness of the team for this game too. Yes. I mean, they, they had that uh, getting from Buffalo to Columbus. They had to kind of go up and around uh, to avoid some weather to, to get there. And, and that does throw you off again. It's one of those things where it doesn't get talked about often around professional sports teams, but certainly in a sport like hockey where you have such a travel schedule that they have, right? Like 
baseball, yes, you're traveling a lot and you're playing basically every day, but you're playing multiple games in each city as you travel. So you're able to kind of get reset a little. When you're a hockey player and you're on a road trip like this, you're playing a game, you're finishing a game, and keep in mind local time, you're finishing a game, and by the time you're able to get out of there, it's like 10.30 at night, 11 o'clock at night. Now you got to go drive to an, get bus to an airport or get bus back to a hotel, get your stuff, go then get bus to an airport. Then you got to get on a plane. You got to fly wherever you're going. You get off a plane at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, Get go to an airport, try to fall asleep, get some sleep, get up, go to a practice or a morning skate, go back, take a nap, get back there for a game. Like it's it's really really intense and this is partly where rj the the afternoon nap comes in for all of these players because sometimes that's the only way you can get to six or eight hours of sleep in a 24-hour cycle for these guys and so i do think that it's one of those that again the morning game just disrupts that that little bit extra especially before a back-to-back you're already stressing about that trying to figure out the logistics of that and it can just completely throw you off or any extra travel is more hours where you're not really being able to rest up and recover and that's maybe why they were a little bit more susceptible to something like an illness yeah and broadcasters are not immune too i see all the comments about the broadcast there look i think enzo was a little bit grumpier than usual on the broadcast it affects everyone differently and you know what i think it affected forsland totally differently because he just seemed happy he seemed jolly this morning he was ready to go excited to have a morning game in pittsburgh and it created some of the best banter that we've seen i think all season on the broadcast so many great lines like forsland was on a roll um i see jessica mm-hmm. here i like when he referenced the, you know, uh, the world wide web and jt was like oh boy striatic i enjoyed when john jokingly telling enzo his career was in a tailspin yeah Enzo yes. talking about how great it was in that building calling games with um, doc emmerich and <laughs> forsland just casually well your career has hit a tailspin as of late um that was great i mean my favorite line i think was um after the the tanev kind of hooking no call and edzo Mm -hmm. was kind of up in arms about it and uh forzland said the only arms up in the building were edzo's (laughs) yes and he uh he seemed to take offense to that a little bit but then afterward too when jt's like for what it's worth i i agree you know i think it should have been a penalty but i just didn't want i didn't have my arms up i didn't want to you know join the unpaid officials as forzland would call them uh and force is like hey don't call edzo an unpaid official he is official and he is paid No, they definitely had some good moments in this one. It was, yeah, it was good stuff. I mean, look, they're always good. And I just like having Edzo around for these, right? Like he's he's been absent for a lot of the Kraken broadcasts this year. And it's just, it's nice to have him around because I do feel like he brings out a different side, particularly in John Florsland, right? Yeah. And things get oh, a little yeah. sillier. Things get a little goofier. And I'm always for that. I, I think that's good stuff there. Um Let's see. Um, Stratic. Also, I think Hackstall missed the playoffs the last time his team had a 10-game streak per GDM Malkin over on Discord. So maybe it's good the Kraken lost this one to avoid the hack 10-game streak jinx. <laughs> maybe, yeah. That... <laughs> I can't believe it. Ask, Looking at those two instances. Hackstall. Yeah, it's got to ask Hackstall about that. What's it feel like to be the one coach that has the 10-game streak jinx? Yeah. Well, the, hey, the Buffalo Sabres were were the other team that had a 10 game win streak and did not make the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it's the Buffalo Sabres of the mid 2010s. So I, I get it. But yeah, yeah I was going to say, I, f- I feel like that goes without saying. Uh, Chip, we're one of three shutouts that happened with three goals today. That is strange. See, it's just a weird day. It's all the morning hockey. It's just hockey players aren't used to doing this or afternoon hockey. If you're an af- if you're on the East Coast. Yeah. It's just the it's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, 
Zoe at this point, I think most of them are probably sick and fighting through it. It wouldn't surprise me just given the the travel and how intense the schedule has been and everything for them. And the fact that, look, you're in the middle of an 82 game season, like it's a grind. This is normally where a lot of teams do hit a wall, right? Like it's just the Kraken tend to get their walls out of the way at the very beginning of the season. <laughs> they start slow and they look sluggish like they've been playing 40 games already. And then they pick it up in the middle of the year when everybody else is tired. So it just seems to be their MO. Yeah. I mean, especially the way Hackstall was talking about it after the Columbus game, too. Like, you could tell he knew guys were dealing with a whole lot of stuff and how proud he was. Even though, because normally a coach after a game like that that's an ugly win would kind of be like, all right, well, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. We got to fix this. But no, he was just proud of the guys. Yep. Got some good stuff here um, that I want to get to. First up from Light, though, real quick. Hey, no one's talking about the fact that Maddie didn't lose a single faceoff today. Haters will deny it, but it's true. That it is, Light. He was he was great today on the faceoff dots. Um, people talk about their favorite goal from the streak. Lindsay, the Tatar dangle goal. Which one, Lindsay? There was two <laughs> to choose from. Which one? Um, Brooke with the Borgie. Uh, Stratic, mine's either the Tolvin in Winter Classic goal or the Big Cat Breakaway goal. That's right. The soft hands, RJ. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. a yeah, you surprised you didn't go with that one right That's off the true. bat. That's true. That's true. Viren, Yanni, Winter Classic goal for me, I think. Uh, that one was a good one, too. Uh, how about Winnie Stick Handling? Forgot who the player was, but he completely owned him earlier in this one from Christian there, RJ. That was a sweet one. I know you put it he out. He made Brian Russell look silly on that on that entry yep definitely um maddie i'm still trying to figure out the media stuff what media staff is allowed to travel with the team so it varies by team to team do you know the answer for the kraken though uh no i well for the kraken it actually it kind of depends from team to team and it's not uh based on anything like specifically each team handles it differently yeah. also with the kraken too i know that's changed from season to season as well i think okay. with some teams also there's kind of the idea that you have to like pay your dues for a little bit and then eventually you kind of earn that getting to travel with the team it's you know some of the social media staff you know some of the broadcasters stuff like that um and so yeah it really just depends yeah, I've heard of some teams, I mean, because, you know, you're talking about like a full-size plane and obviously a hockey team's not that big, so you can have some some extra space on there. I know back in the day, some teams would have like beat writers travel with teams. That really doesn't happen too much anymore. Yeah. So like, I definitely don't think that happens with the Kraken. I haven't heard from any of our friends who, who do that, that have done that. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if broadcast crew traveled with the team. Like that's fairly common these days, it feels like, is that the, you know, the announcers, some of the key members you know the 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 piper shaw's equivalents around the league like for them to travel with the team I've, I've seen that i've heard that from several different groups but again i don't have confirmation on the kraken themselves um but it's also easy because that way you know all their gear gets packed up kind of at the same time as the team's gear so you can kind of just take it all to the airport get all the cameras and cabling and all that stuff lined up and sent off with the team and you don't have to worry about it not being there for a broadcast because that would be a disaster for the team and the broadcast crew might as well keep it all together um let's see elizabeth being forced to watch different broadcasts i really appreciate the cracking ones they are fun that they are that they are um george sorry if this is his if this has been mentioned but is rikers elc now burned should strategy be to keep him on the roster and suit him up as much as possible uh yeah because he is what was it was day game number 10 for him i don't know that he no he wasn't a slide candidate because he's too old i believe right because this isn't i don't think this is him on an elc right they had to 
Well, no, he's on an ELC. Well, he's still on the ELC, yeah. But I don't think uh, he was slide eligible. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it right now, just checking. Yeah, no, he yeah, he's, he's not, not um, eligible for an ELC slide because he's, he's too old. He's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. I believe you have to be under 20 for that. You do, you do. So, yeah, they, they didn't have to worry about that. So they can still kind of keep to whatever plan that they had for him. Um, yeah, and Viren, I had that, that in chat that. as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's always a weird day in general. It is. It's still time, though, especially for those of us on the West Coast. I mean, there's a lot of day left. It's only 1.30. Everyone talk about what breakfast they ate for the game. Meanwhile, I didn't get to eat breakfast, and I'm still trapped at work, lol, from lights. Sorry to hear that, light, buddy. Deserve better. Yeah. Get some food in you. You need nutrition if you can. Yes, yes. Don't know what work is for you, but hopefully you'll be able to to get there. And Jules asking if you could eat, what would you have eaten? Which I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's teasing too much. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That would, that would be that would be tough. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's not too much to to really say more about this one. RJ, we kind of covered everything. It was just it was just an off game in weird circumstances. It feels like. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's pretty much that simple, right? I mean, you're missing a lot of key players, whether it's from injury or illness. Uh, you you battled as much as you could, but the cards just were kind of stacked against you today, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it besides just regroup for the next game. Yeah, and look, you get a chance to turn things around pretty quick because the Kraken are turning around pretty quick. Going to New York, I mean, heck, they might already be on whatever travel they are doing to get there right now, RJ. That's how fast the, these teams can move sometimes. Um, what are you expecting from them tomorrow night? Obviously, I expect probably a better effort just because of the more normalized time. I think we'll see a better effort from them. I know it's hard to predict because we don't know the situation around all the injuries and illnesses that they have going on. Got to think we'll see Chris Drieger, but I don't know. I could see them maybe going back and simplifying their game a little bit, especially if they're going to be missing one or more of their regular blue liners. I think we might see them go, hey, look, we're going to have to have more controlled zone exits instead of trying to force passes with guys who aren't used to doing that or things like that, right? Like I could see them kind of do the simplified game that they didn't do for this one. I could see them maybe have that tomorrow against the Rangers just in light of everything else. Right. And slowing down the game, too. I think you're going to want to see a low event game from the crack and really just kind of muck it up. See if you can have it be one of those low scoring games that looked a lot like the games did at the start of this win streak or the, you know, the win streak that just ended, you know, maybe aim for like a two to one game. Try and get your point out of this one uh, and just make sure there aren't a whole lot of chances either way. Yep, definitely, definitely. And look, we will find out tomorrow what the Kraken are doing there. In the meantime, though, everybody, hope you enjoy the rest of your game. Again, it's a great day for, uh, you know, some midday mini golf over at Flatstick Pub. Definitely got to shout that out. That's something I would do if I live closer to a Flatstick Pub location. Unfortunately, I'm a few thousand miles away. It's a small <laughs> hindrance to those midday golf plans. Um, Expand but, one location in Southern California, Flatstick. Yeah, Come on, right me. by Dylan. There's space in the backyard is all I'm saying. Uh, so I want to give them a shout out for sponsoring as always. Thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. I know it's an awkward time to be joining us and spending the holiday here or your time at work for several of you as well. Thank you for for spending it with us. And we will see you all tomorrow night after that Rangers game.